Hello and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Brazil. I have the incredible, the amazing, the fantastic coach, special Jennings head girls basketball coach of Montvert Academy, former professional basketball player. Coach, how you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? It's a good day to be alive, just like all the other ones. So I'm very grateful to be here. Very grateful for your time. And again, I apologize for being a couple of minutes late. That's that's like that's more like my wife than it is like me. But I do want to apologize there. So very excited to get to talk to you today, Coach, about what you've done, what you're doing, and what you what you plan on getting to in the future. But the first question I have for everybody on the For the Love of Sports podcast is, why do you love sports so much? Um, I love sports. Well, A, because I was I was good at them, um, but B, <laughs> um, sports is always been a vehicle for me to kind of get out and sports have, a, you know, afforded me the opportunity to get a free education um, in college. And then it also afforded me the opportunity to travel and see the world. So um, sports have, it, it's, it's been like, lo and behold, it's done so much for me. And I'm just, I'm just super appreciative. And not only, so it gave you that, you know, they gave you the opportunity, you earned the opportunity to earn a, a free education, but I'm sure it taught you a lot of lessons along the way as, uh, along the way as well, right? Absolutely. Um, discipline, you know, that's, that's like one of the biggest things is discipline, um, integrity, um, you know, work ethic, um, dedication, you know, passion, just, you know, mm-hmm. so on and so on. So just a lot of a lot of life lessons um, learned through the game uh, for me, the game of basketball, but just through mm-hmm. sports in general. Yeah, and I'm excited to see how you're trying to pass those life lessons on to some of the girls that you are coaching and, and some of the will, the ones that you will be coaching. But I definitely am curious a little bit about your backstory. I know you grew up in Cleveland and uh, obviously, again, got pretty darn good at basketball, ended up going to Xavier, which I'm not mistaken is right outside the Cincinnati area. So, mm-hmm. so talk to me a little bit about that. What was it like growing up in the Midwest Lake Erie, a lot of snow. I have a buddy that lives out there. He sends me pictures every once in a while, a little too much snow for me. But what was it like growing up out there? And and how did you utilize the sport of basketball to kind of get yourself uh, in the best pace possible? Uh, I mean, it was cold, like you said. I mean, (laughs) it gets cold. The weather is what I would consider to be bipolar there. So one day it's, it's, you know, it could be 90 degrees one day. It could be negative 20 and so, you know, but Cleveland is a beautiful place, a special place, no pun intended, but, you know, obviously I'm biased because I grew up there, but, um, you know, like there, there's a lot of things that go on in Cleveland and, you know, the, the area in which I'm from and where I grew up, it's just a tough area. And so, um, you know, I just happen to be tougher. And, and like I said, I'll go back to using sports as an example. You know, once I got into playing basketball, um, I, you know, always at the park, always at Zelma George Rec. So there's just, you know, there's a lot of different places you can play ball at in Cleveland. Euclid Heights, Bonnie Burton, um, you know, Thurgood Marshall, all the recreation centers and things like that. Um, so just kind of playing travel ball, got got involved in that heavily and then, you know, kind of carried that over to, to playing at AU and then, you know, that transferred to high school and then high school and college, you know, you know going to Xavier. So. Um, it, it, it's, it's been a transition, but one that I wouldn't change at all. 
Well, hey, it got you here, right? Like, that's the thing. We don't want to change our past because uh, we, we got to the present utilizing it. Now, if there's some shit along the way, of course, but hey, we at least got here. And I think we're all in, again, could be much worse. It could always, always be much worse because, again, always. it's a beautiful day to be alive. So let's take advantage of it, coach. So utilizing that, as you said, the kind of the stepping stones along the way to eventually get to Xavier, what? What's that process like, you know, for all, you know, you're, you're going through it now again, you know, kind of as that high school coach, what was it like as the high school player and, and who was in your life at that time to help you and, you know, kind of navigate those waters? Cause I'm sure, I hope, I assume Xavier wasn't the only school that came to you and said, Hey, we want you to start you know, for four straight years, take us to four NCAA tournaments, maybe go to the elite eight. No, uh, not a big deal. Right. So what was that process like? And how are, how has, I guess it changed now uh, compared to what you've done before? or compared to how you went through it before? Um, you know, obviously the process is totally different as a player than it is me sitting here as a coach. Um, you know, my, my role is different. You know, as a player, I'm actually putting in the work, you know, to kind of fend for myself, to, to get people mm-hmm. to notice me, to kind of, you know, get myself awarded the, the opportunity to get scouted and then go on to play college ball. Um High school, for whatever reason, I always knew like I was gonna go to Ohio State. It was just like a, it was like a thing, mm. and you know, it's you know the great thing about going on visits and everything like that is that you really learn, not just about the school. You learn about yourself. You learn in that moment, like ah, you know, there's a there's a feeling you get when you're visiting schools of mm, something is either off or something is on, or you know, you you can be in limbo about certain things. But when you're at the right place, like you you'll know, like when it's right. And you, you'll know right away. And so, you know, fortunate for me, I had people in high school, you know, Melvin Burke, um, Chris Sanders, his wife, um, Dee Sanders, um, you know, Brett, like just Brett Moore, um, you know, Stovall, William Stovall was my, was my high school coach first um, when I was at East Tech. Um, JB, you know, Johnny Bethea out of, out of Columbus, who was my AAU coach. So a ton of people that, you know, I had a ton of supporting people um, that was within the sport that kind of knew what was going on. And so, um, you know, it wasn't, you know, the transition wasn't it was, to me, in my opinion, mm-hmm. um, you know, everybody's, everybody's journey is different, but transition wasn't, wasn't super hard um, when, as far as the recruiting process, because like I said, when I got to Xavier, you know, after those two days I spent on campus and everything, when I got off my flight, I called Kevin McGuff the moment I landed and committed to Xavier because I, you know, that, that was just a feeling about that place. And, and I knew right then that, that this is where I would go. That is awesome. Kudos. Congratulations again. Incredible NCAA career. I think that is fantastic. And, and I do want to apologize. I, I guess I poorly asked that question at first. I, I guess, how how are you utilizing your experience as a um, as being recruited by colleges from high school now as a coach to help the girls that you're working with? Does that, does oh, that make yeah. a little bit more I mean, sense? I, I apologize. Yeah. My, my experience as a, as a collegiate, as a former collegiate coach, is what mm-hmm. I think puts me in line to really, really help my young ladies. Less to do with me um, when I play because, again, you know, I can tell them my experience and my journey when I was a player and how I got to Xavier, and it can be something completely different than, than what they're going to go through. But I can tell them my experience as a collegiate coach and what I looked for in players at the Division One level or whatever level, you know, I coached at Division One and Division Two at those levels, what, what is going to take to play at that level, what it looks like, what's the questions you should be asking, you know, all those things. Because as a player, I didn't know, you know, I didn't fully know the the, the questions mm-hmm. to ask. I didn't really know, you know, obviously, mm, are you going to treat me right when I come here? <laughs> you know, like the typical stuff that a teenager would ask. I didn't ask the questions of, you know, 
what the resources are like. What's the community support like? You know, do we do community service? What is community outreach? What is, you know, internships? Do you, do you guys provide some type of resources for me to get an internship? Those type of things. So now, you know, those are all the things that I'm able I'm able to, to tell my young lady, say, listen, these are some of the things, you know, this is important to you. It's, it's bigger than basketball. You know, you're going to go to college for basketball and things like that. Like, that's fine. But at some point, you know, that ball is going to stop bouncing. So you, I, I, I urge them to pick a school that you can go to if you did not play basketball. Could you still go to this school? And sometimes, you know, players pick places where they only would go to play basketball. If you take that away, then you would be miserable. So mm-hmm. go somewhere where you like you're going to love that school, like you're going to love everything about it. So whether you play, I use the pandemic for an example, a lot of seasons have been canceled. But a lot of people are still in school, so you need to go somewhere where you're going to love that just that, that atmosphere in general. And so th- those are some of the things that, you know, as a coach, I'm able to, to tell my kids like, hey, look, these are these are the questions. These are the things to look for. I love that. I'm glad I reworded my uh, my question because that was an awesome answer. So do appreciate that, Coach, and I apologize again. So after, again, just want to one more time, starting 115 consecutive games as Xavier, four A-10 conference titles, Elite Eight appearance, and three other NCAA. Yeah, you're shaking your head. It's kind of cool when you line it up all up like that, right? You did a pretty damn good job. So I guess outside of those obvious huge accomplishments, what, what were some of the hard things that you went through as Xavier? Cause again, if you line up all the accomplishments, it looks easy. It looks like you had a blast, but what are some of the other stuff that you had to go through understanding that, Hey, it's not quite as Ooh. easy as it sounds. A lot of people see the success and they don't, they don't understand the process. Uh-huh. And so, you know, within that, it's a lot of, a lot of long hours, you know, like just day in and day out, the collegiate level in itself is a, you know, some people you get a scholarship, that's you being employed. That's a job, you know, and they, they try to understand it. Your time is no longer your time. Your time is now whatever university or institution you choose. That's who time it is. And so you have to find time to grow as, as a player. But then, you know, college is where you're supposed to learn and grow as a person. And so just basketball, man, man the, the hours that it takes to, to become like one of the top teams in the country, it's just, mm-hmm. it's hard. It's night in and night out. It's, it's, you know, no excuses. It's you may you may work out in the morning. You got class all day. You got practice. You have study hall. You got to eat. Then you're going to shoot some more. Then you have study hall. Like, you know, it's just it's so much that goes into it. And, and you know, if you don't have the, the work ethic for one and if you're not disciplined, disciplined for two. It's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. But if your work ethic and your discipline met your aspirations, then like it's it's. You know, it's, it's no telling, you know, what people can do. I love it. And yeah, clearly, again, you had an incredible career over at Xavier. So kudos and congratulations there, which then led you to have the opportunity to go actually play overseas professionally. Now, that is one thing about women's um, basketball in particular that's really interesting. I mean, I just read multiple articles the other day about how Brianna Stewart is, uh, you know, one of the best players in the WNBA. She makes like three times more money playing in Russia. And, and it's just very frustrating to hear something like that as, you know, as someone who, I mean, I want to see the best players on planet Earth play and they aren't getting paid what they deserve. Now, they obviously rework some stuff. And now this is, you know, 10 years ago-ish when you were starting to do that. Was the WNBA ever an opportunity for you? Or did you have the understanding that, hey, I'm most likely going to go play overseas, play a couple years, make a couple bucks, and and then we'll see where it goes from there? Um, yeah, the WNBA was an opportunity. I was actually, I think, 29th or 30th for something on the draft board. And so, you know, it was a thing. I was fortunate enough, like you said, to be able to to get myself to a point where, you know, I was respected 
um, you know, at the collegiate level as a player, I played with phenomenal players that just made me look three times better. Love it. And, um, you know, I had, you know, great teammates and, you know, the things we did, man, if, if you know, if I don't play with the team that I play with or, you know, with some of the players, you know, I don't think that I become the player that I became, the teammate I became, and nor, you know, I think I would have been afforded the opportunities that I received. So, um, yeah, the, the WBA actually, they're paying way more now than, mm-hmm. you know, when, oh, yeah. back when I was in college. And so, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm excited about the the steps that they're taking. Obviously, you know, a lot of us want them to, you know, hurry up, but um, baby steps, you know, crawling before you walk and, and some step is better than no step. So, um, you know, I definitely think that women um, should should be, you know, funded better. Um, but mm-hmm. I also know there's other things that go into funding as far as, you know, us being seen and, and sponsorships and all those type of things like that goes into it. And, you know, this year, and actually, like in the pandemic year, to me has been the most exposure that women's basketball has has ever gotten. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know that 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 in itself is, is is a step in the right direction. I love it. Yeah, and hopefully it continues to move in that direction because some of those uh, some of those women are doing incredible things. Uh, Asia Wilson, obviously, she's got a statue. Man, How cool dope. is that? Shout that's out dope. to her. So that is pretty darn cool. So what was what was your playing career like in? you know, going overseas. I mean, what was that like? And, and what is that? How do you make that decision? Cause I'm sure it's not an easy one, right? Like you lived in Cleveland, then you moved, you know, all the way to Cincinnati. And now you're saying like, all right, now, you know, to make money and playing the sport I love now I'm leaving the United States, going to another country that I've never spent, you know, more than five, six days in or whatever the number is to now go play there and, and spend time there. What was that like? And, and what went into that decision-making process? Um, I think you gotta have an agent that that's going to, um, <laughs> put you in the right location. You know, some people, I think they, they take these jobs in like places where there's, you know, the, 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 the economy in, in certain places is not great. And it's not, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't make for a, um, you know, a good place for you to be in. And so, you know, I had a, a very, very good agent um, that made sure that you know, everything was, was correct and right as far as housing, food, transportation, all that stuff. Um, and then, you know, like as a player, I mean, we, we traveled a ton anyway. I've never been the type of person who's been homesick or anything like that. When I was at Xavier, you know, I stayed at school every year in the summer and everything like that. So, um, you know, for me, it was, it was a simple decision to say, Hey, you know, I'm I'm gonna go do it. I knew as a player though, that I did not want to play another five to 10 years. It was my body had started to get tired. Um, I felt like, you know, my goal was to play at the highest level. I've, I've done every, you know, I started to feel like I've done everything that I've wanted to do with the sport of basketball as a player. Um, I knew that I wanted to, to get into coaching. And so for me, you know, after that, after those three years, I was like, you know, I'm good. I'm good. Like I've, I've, you know, that, that, that burn, that hunger, it started to die down. And when that started happening, I knew like, you know, if you, if you don't have that fire, that passion for it and things like that, like, don't do it because you're not going to give it your all. And so for me, it was it was easy for me to, to, to step away um, out of that lane and in, into this one. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, I don't I don't like to use this word too often, but I think you're one of the lucky ones because there's so many athletes that, you know, as we, as we were talking about before we got on air, there's there's so many athletes that they don't get that opportunity to say, you know what, I'm good. Yeah. So many athletes are told 
you're not good enough anymore. And, it, and it's, yeah. it's very unfortunate. And that's just kind of the life of an athlete. And, you know, there's so many, you know, so, so, so many of those stories. We know all the, the iconic ones, of course, but there's just more than you'd ever think of, of just athletes that are just told, hey, you're, you're not capable of playing at this level or we don't believe in you. And, and thankfully, you were able to play at that level. As you said, you felt that inside you. You didn't go too long and you understood. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah, and I, I mean, think that part's pretty important. Uh, yeah, I'm fortunate. Like I said, I wasn't booted or kicked out or forced out, mm-hmm. things like that. It was more so me. Of, if I can't give it a thousand percent, I'm not going to do it. And, you know, that's just that's just me. So I knew I was I knew when it was time to, to hang it up. And we love you for that, coach. So talk to me a little bit. How what 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 is it about coaching that you knew, you know, especially from, you know, almost 10 years ago at this point that you knew like, hey, this is what I want to do. Like you only could be an athlete for so many years, but you can be a coach forever. Right. We see Coach K. I'm wearing my Duke sweater. I don't I don't know if that ruffles any feathers or not. But like, how, what is it about coaching that was something that you especially from that young of an age at 21, 22, 23, you're like, this is what I want to do. This is the path that I want to take my life down. Um, I was always kind of a coach on the floor. And so, you know, the point guard position, of course, I'm biased because I played mm-hmm. that position. I think it's the, the greatest position on earth. And I say that because you have to learn, you have to know so much as a point guard that, you know, your thinking goes beyond the game. Within that time on the court, like your thinking goes beyond that because you have to know your position. You have to know everybody else's position. You're an extension of the coach. You got to know the plays. You have to understand, you know, if I can't hear my coach, what to call, when to call it, why am I calling it, you know, who has the advantage, who has the disadvantage, you know, a ton of things. There's a ton of things that goes into being a point guard. And so, um, again, I'm, I'm biased, but I think that it is the hardest position and also think that it's like, you, you naturally, it almost feels like you're a natural teacher when you play the point guard position. And so that's, you know, like I said, on the floor, I was more, you know, all the time, like, like a, like a coach to my, to my teammates. Mm-hmm. And I could tell them, Hey, you, you weren't here. You're supposed to do this. You're supposed to do that. And they listened to me. And so that was the other part is like, Hey, you know, I, I know how to get through to people. And, and that's really what coaching is, is, is being able to, to get your message across, no matter how that may be. And, you know, there's steps to doing that. You know, you can't teach. Everybody doesn't learn the same. Some people are visual, some people are audio, some people are signal, you know, different things. But, you know, learning each individual person as a player, all my teammates weren't the same. You know, the way I talked to she, I couldn't talk to Amber. The way I talked to April, I couldn't talk to, you know, to Taisha. Like, it, it just, everybody was different. And you, you have to learn that. And as a coach, all your kids are different. You have to, you know, I can, I can tune her up but I got to kind of pacify her, because, mm-hmm. you know, because they're different. And so, you know, I, I just had that niche. Yeah. And, and I think that's, you know, while, while you were kind of talking there, like I was thinking, like, well, of course, like half of coaching is the X's and O's and getting everybody in position and teaching them what they need to do. But obviously the other half, as you said, is understanding their personalities and knowing mm-hmm. what you can and cannot say to others, but more importantly, the empowerment, right? I know that's oh. something that you're very passionate about is empowering these young girls to become what they can become. And I think in so many situations, you hear the stories of, you know, hey, your, your parents work all day, you know, you're at school all day. And then, you know, then you go to practice. And that's where the coach has the opportunity to really do that. What is it? I mean, everyone wants to, I hope everyone wants to empower others to to be the best they can. But again, you you literally took that up as a profession. So what is mm-hmm. it about that aspect and understanding that you can play a huge role in a 16, 17, 18 year old person's life to 
you know, I don't want to be overly dramatic, but you can literally change the course of their life through those well, yeah. couple of years that you have spending time with them. Yeah, I agree. And, and my situation is unique because um, I'm not like a lot of other high school coaches where I see them at practice. You know, my young, my young ladies are boarding, like they, they live here mm-hmm. on campus. And so now it goes from, and again, I'm not old enough to be anybody's mom. You know, my kids are like 15, 16, 17, I'm 31. And uh-huh. so, but you know, I'm like the, their parent in a sense, mm-hmm. you know, some of my kids are, inter- half my team's international. They're from out the country. And so those parents and, the, you know, they have to trust, the instill their trust in me that, hey, I can take care of your child. I'm going to take care of your baby while they're here. They're going to get all the lessons necessary. Um, you know, our hashtag is college ready, you know, for them to be college ready, for them to be ready to, when they leave here, they're ready to step in whatever door it is, you know, whatever school they choose or whatever the case is, they're ready for that. And so, you know, like I said, unlike other coaches, you know, they can call me. I'm here. You know, I'm in my office right now. They're in classes. If something happens, I, I can go right over and, you know, figure that out for them. During their breaks, they can come here if they have an issue, you know, things like that. And so, you know, I'm more hands-on, and I love that. I love that. I'm, I'm super hands-on. I'm able to spend more time with them. And so just seeing that development and that growth, um, it, it's just it's, 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 it's great. And this little bit of time that I've been here, four months um, with these young ladies, they're like night and day from when we started. And, you know, that, that's the appreciation. Like you get a greater sense of appreciation from seeing, yo, I had a hand in that or I have a mm-hmm. hand in that or, you know, like that, that's, that's satisfaction for me. Yeah, that that is incredible. I mean, again, you're you're literally changing their lives, and it's interesting because that is that that boarding cool aspect. It it adds that extra layer of, you know, hey, like it's not just seeing them at practice; it's seeing them between classes and seeing them at dinner, and you know, all these other opportunities mm-hmm. to really grow that relationship with them and, and and fortify that. Not to the point of I'm not just your coach; I'm legitimately here to help you over the next two, three, four years, and obviously through four months, as you said. It's been awesome. Seems like you love it. And, you know, I think it's great that you still have so many more opportunities to do that. Uh, Before we hop back, I do want to kind of uh, walk back in time a little bit. So after you did leave professional basketball in Finland, you ended up Mm -hmm. being, um, you know, graduate assistant and and, uh, being uh, assistant coaches on college teams before you did eventually come to uh, Montvert. What what is was college kind of the first thing that you wanted to do? Was that just the first opportunity in coaching or was um, there a little bit more there that made you really want to, you know, kind of pursue that path before coming here? Well, yeah, I, I always knew I'd be a collegiate coach. So I was, I was actually, the, the position was uh, administrative assistant, player, okay. player personnel. Um, so, you know, my journey, again, I'm having a unique journey. My journey is different. I've never had to, you know, go the route of being a, a graduate assistant or, you know, mm-hmm. director of operations and those things. Um, relationships. I tell people all the time, foster relationships, make relationships with people because you never know, you know, down the line who who has an opportunity for you. Um, so my first job was actually with Mike Bradbury over at Wright State, who um, was an assistant coach at Xavier, recruiting me um, mm-hmm. before I got to Xavier. And then he ended up getting a head job at Moorhead State. And then he got the head job at Wright State. And so when I hung it up, you know, I placed a call to my um, my head coach and he's like, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll do a few things, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, Mike had that opportunity for me. And so that that's how that happened. Um, and then right from there, you know, it's different when you, you know, when you don't have the technical title of an, of an assistant. You know, the NCAA has so many rules where you're not actually on the court. You're not mm-hmm. on the floor. And so for me, you know, I was itching to get on the floor. Like, you know, I'm not a sit at the desk and, and you know, push the paperwork and all that, which, you know, obviously that's a requirement in coaching. But, 
you know, that's all you do when you're in certain situations where you don't have a, a, a coaching title. And so, you know, I, you know, talked to Mike, everybody was like, Hey, look, I really love being here, but you know, I think I'm going to get better if I actually can, you know, get on the floor mm -hmm. and, and get my hands wet like that. And so I left Wright State, ended up going to um, Augusta University, where I did three years as an assistant. Uh, we actually went to the um, Elite Eight, Sweet 16 or Elite Eight when I was at um, Augusta University. Um, so, yeah, had the opportunity to go there, work three years, and like I said, get on the floor and actually be, you know, be out there, you know, mm -hmm. touching it being able to, to implement different things and, you know, talk to the players and train them, player development and all those things. Um, and so um, that, that's, that's how that, that started. Just foster relationships, networking, you know, that some people, and it's cliche, it's not about what you know, it's who you know. And, and sometimes that is the case. That is the case more often than not, I found. There and, you, you know, that's how, you know, hey, uh, me and Everest connected on LinkedIn and here I am. We're talking to you now and hopefully, you know, that relationship can continue to grow. I think it is fantastic. So after spending some time in collegiate basketball, as you said, you kind of always wanted to be a collegiate coach. What was what was so enticing about this job? I mean, it's one of the best boys schools, uh, boys basketball programs, right? Like it's very well known for that. And that's I mean, I me as kind of. Nobody that pays attention to, to high school basketball too much. I've heard the name before and understand yeah. it. And obviously, you are building up the girls' program. It's no slouch, of course. But what was it about this position? Understanding, again, as you said, you wanted to be a collegiate coach. Was This This almost feels like kind of that halfway point, right? It's not quite a it's, – it's obviously high school, but it's not yeah. quite a regular high school position. Yeah. Um, I think that's what was so enticing, as you use the word. Um, the fact that – so for me as a college coach, we were getting kids that lacked – a ton of fundamentals. And my, you know, I was an associate head coach at the division one level and, but still we're getting kids that, you know, kids don't know what a reverse pivot is or what a pro hop is, or, you know, jump stop for a better, um, you know, how to hedge off ball screens, just all the things that you would think that they would learn, you know, at this level. Um, and, and so for me, I'm like, Hey, listen, my bird is a place where like you meant the, the, the boys program phenomenal. I mean, they had, They've had, you know, D'Angelo Russell, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, um, uh, I mean, Kate Cunningham, the kid Precious that's at Miami now, uh, Scotty Barnes, you know, a, a ton of people. And they've had NBA prospects and things like that. And so to come here and know that those resources are available, uh, not only on the, on the men's side, but on, on, on the women's side as well. Um, I, I just, my, my eyes lit up. It's like, man, I can go here and take this thing to the next level. And, you know, obviously – I didn't know that we would move as quick as we have this season. Um, you know, I didn't come in like, hey, we're going to be number one in the country. We, you know, this is that and the third. But what I explained to the ladies is, you know, I'm, I'm a different coach. I understand that, you know, kind of get to know me as I get to know you all. But, you know, I think this is, you know, I think we have the, the, the team to where we could be really good. It's going to require discipline, work ethic, mm -hmm. dedication, passion, and like, just boss to what you we we're just gonna take this thing by storm and you know that's led us to, to you know right now to be um sitting at number one in the country you know ranked by max prep and things like that so um you know it's it's been like I said, it's been a good journey thus far four months special four months and you're doing some <laughs> shit i love it i think it's awesome and just so like what is um like give give the people out there including myself because i'm not totally sure what it's like like what is like being a prep school, there there is still some recruiting efforts, right? As you said, most of the players that you have are are international. So again, it's kind of that halfway between 
a college and, and a high school program. It seems like it's more college than anything. What is that aspect of it like? And how are you drawing upon what you did in college to really draw, entice some of these, you know, now, now you're talking to 13, 14, 15 year old girls instead of 17, 18, 19 year old girls. How are you using what you learned in college to really give, give these young girls an understanding of how not only you're going to help them as a person, but put them in the best spot as a basketball player? Um, build a house and they'll come. I mean, that's, you know, like, <laughs> that's how I look at it. I think it's, I think it's actually easier, honestly, at this level than it is at the collegiate level because you have a, a million, you know, a, a million schools coming after a kid saying the same things. The things I'm saying now is true, you know, and, and, and then too, at the collegiate level, it could be true, but mm-hmm. you have so many that you're competing with so many. There are not many places in this country like Montbird Academy. And, and I stand on that. There are not many high school slash postgrad. There are not many in this country like Montverde Academy. You know, we have 34 college courses, so AP courses. We have 90 different countries at our school, 90. We are one of the most diverse um, schools in the country. And so I don't have to sell anything. I'm, I'm telling you the truth. This is an opportunity you're not going to get at you know, a different school. So it's, it's more enticing, you know, as a, on a collegiate level, you know, a lot of division ones had the same thing. So now, mm-hmm. you know, it's almost like, well, so-and-so told me that so-and-so told me that what was different was, you know, and then you're selling more of your personality yourself and you know what you could do, blah, blah, blah. We're here, you know, you're selling all of that, but, but the, the school, the school sells itself. You, you're going to get a quality education. We have a 100% college acceptance rate. Where else in the country wow. do you hear that? That's incredible. Exactly. And so when you're talking to these kids and things like that, like, I, you know, I lay that down. Before I, I don't even talk about basketball. I talk about that first. That alone gets kids in the door. As you said, you don't have to sell anything. And now, as you said, you built the house. Hey, by the way, we're also number one in the country. There you so. go. Sprinkle that in there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Throw a little salt on top. I love it. <laughs> that is fantastic. But no, sincerely, Coach, this is this is incredible. You've built up this program in, in such a short time, and I am so excited to watch your journey and see how how much, I mean, you can't get much higher than one, so I'm assuming we're, we're looking oh, for we some natties higher. coming up. Yeah? yeah, yeah All right. I'll, I'll take you word, your word for it. You're the coach, not yeah. me. But sincerely, Coach, this has been incredible. Special Jennings, Coach Special Jennings, I apologize, head girls basketball coach of Montvert Academy. Where can, uh, in case people, I assume you're pretty motivational. You might be a fun follow online. Is there anybody, Absolutely. anywhere anyone can, uh, can, can check you out and see some of the stuff Absolutely. you're doing? Absolutely. Twitter and Instagram, follow our program. Very motivational. You can kind of keep up on uh, workouts. We do highlight films, things like that after games. Um, we're at on Twitter and Instagram at MBA GBB at MBA GBB. And then myself, you can follow my personal accounts um, at special Jennings on both Twitter and Instagram. I love it. I'll put all that in the show notes for everybody, but sincerely coach, this was fantastic. Thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. Bye everybody.